listening to Our Pros Podcast. What's up, everyone? It's the Art Pros. It's your boys, Gage B and Renz B. What up, what up? Here we are on the World Wide Web. Guess what we're doing? Um, we are. We are streaming. We are, we are, uh, remote. We are remote potting right now. Uh, I apologize for the awkwardness, but this is awkward. <laughs> well you're still you're still not not on video oh there we go yeah okay here i am i'm in dude i'm in we're both in we are coming to you live from across the internet it's gage b and Renz b and we are here with our first free coronavirus isolation episode we're isolated i'm isolated social socially distanced yeah, you may know us as the smoothest podcasters in Baltimore, but we are now the most isolated artists that are professionals. I don't know about the most. Uh, well, maybe. I have been hiding under my mattress. It's really funny because you know that there's people who's like, like even if they needed a quarantine, their entire lives went completely unchanged. yeah pretty much me man i've been working from home for a while because of my shoulder injury i got back for about two weeks until they kicked me out again (laughs) they made you they made you self-isolate yeah no the weird thing is that i got isolated before everyone else i don't know why well because as (laughs) our interns may know the art pros are trendsetters and Asian. very important yeah and asian so they, they were really <laughs> they were really worried about the coronavirus earlier for us yeah. and others i don't know if you saw i don't uh, know if you saw happened? but trump trump said not to blame asian americans so shout out what? To, to who is now my president i don't know man it was a deep fake it was oh it probably was a deep fake anything anything uh positive he may say is a deep fake most likely because, I mean, like, he did say China virus, which That's is okay. fucked up. It's fucked up, <laughs> but it makes me laugh. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not racist at all. No, not at all. It comes from China. I'm not going to lie. It's fucked up, but, like, just the fact that he says, you know what they say, you got to laugh for, to keep from crying. It's just like, dude, <laughs> what? <laughs> A China virus? <laughs> it's just I mean, not creative. You know, if he wants to talk shit. Well, we call the Spanish flu the Spanish flu. I don't even know its official name. Well, that is, that's fair. That's not, it's that, that literally is called Spanish influenza. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. To China um, virus. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds bad. It's not, yeah. In our, exactly in our times. Hmm? Well, you know, it's kind of like he was doing the verbal version of that thing where you put a sticker that says made in China on it. <laughs> Is it? Is it kind of like that? I guess. I never thought about it. Dude, I always thought those stickers were basically like to say if it's if it breaks, don't be surprised. (laughs) 
Yeah, you know what? There was a time. There was a time where that may have been true until the, the advent of Amazon. And then next thing you know, the manufacturers got wise and waited till, you know, maybe found a loophole to the patent that they uh, of the product they are already producing in a different brand. I like, just can do it that did make it cost like, you know, 30% cheaper. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, let's be honest. Let's shout out to the concept of Yelp the concept of Amazon reviews, because without those tools, no one would know whether or not their bidet is effective in shooting water right up into your butthole. Because why waste the money on toilet paper? Are you going to get a bidet? You know, we talked about it in the Patreon episode, and I still am unchanged in my belief that I will get a bidet. I got a, I went back to my roots and I got a tabo. If you don't know yeah. what that is, everybody, it's spelled T-A-B-O. I would rather just um, have you look it up online. Because it's kind of hard to describe. It basically it it washes your ass. It's essential Filipino technology that is completely sustainable. It is completely energy positive, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's really something that you guys should look into as it's, as a possible alternative to hoarding toilet paper. I it I think it's a very controversial thing to uh, admit. Yeah, hey, true. <laughs> hey, I wipe my ass with a little bucket of water with a handle. Hey, man, we're in uh, we're in the end times, so uh, I'm waiting for the seven trumpets to sound, and I don't think that anything that anyone does is crazy anymore. I literally what, don't. <laughs> what if it sounds like the intro to trap music, the seven trumpets, the uh, the air horn sound effect? Oh, what that's if, probably oh, exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> it's the end of time. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be lit so as many of you who are listening have probably been affected by uh coronavirus which we've joked about for for months now on this podcast is starting to be taken seriously by the american public um people are being asked to stay the fuck home stay the fuck home if you can uh people who can work remotely have the privilege of working remotely like yours truly and my co-host and it's it's been pretty negative i mean new york went from 500 cases in in the early part of march to over 20,000 now uh which is a lot it's very quick um but in positive news what we're seeing because of this whole coronavirus thing is american companies work and struggle to one up each other and who can be the most charitable so one thing that I, I heard about that was really dope is that Ford, 3M, and GE are building respirators, ventilators, ventilators, and face shields without any expectation of compensation right now. And uh, Ford is saying that they're putting out 100,000 face shields a week, which is pretty goddamn impressive. Don't forget about Elon. Elon has shifted the manufacturing of one of his plants because nobody's going to buy be buying his damn cars anymore. <laughs> and he's now starting to manufacture uh, both respirators and um, other devices that hospitals may need. Fuck Elon Musk. You know what? He has he's actually doing the wrong thing because his cars have a built in bioweapon system that will What's completely that mean? So basically, if you if you have this system as part of your Tesla, uh, I think it's still in development. It completely filters the air that comes into the car 
and it's designed to stop biological weapons, i.e. maybe a virus, uh, from entering into the car. And, you know, you can just go about your merry day. You have a you have a walking hermetic seal, you know, cyber truck. See, this is why this is why the world is crazy now. Before COVID-19, it was shameful to live in your car. After COVID-19, it's a luxury. For real. <laughs> For real. Now you're going to have all these people, uh, wealthy, privileged people with Teslas and bioweapon integration, bragging about how they live in their car and how good it is. Yeah, the new Instagram flex will be you from your from your Tesla Cybertruck driving through the unwashed masses as they die, drowning in their own lung fluid. Because that's how people are dying from this, is drowning Jesus in their own Christ. lung fluid. Oh yeah. my god, it's like pneumonia. Yeah, well, it, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it's, it's super wild because this shit is spreading pretty quick and uh, we don't really have a natural... Uh, immunity to it like we do to other types of things um it really is it you know you've heard of smallpox but it really is the big pox of diseases right now it's the new vogue <laughs> covid is the new black everybody sorry sorry for making jokes <laughs> covid is the new black i was thinking that if this thing gets worse like like uh like spanish flu worse you know where running the potential of like 50 million dead i'm thinking that the media is going to switch from hating on white people so much to hating on people who go outside <laughs> see here's a perfect absolutely perfect example of how nerds are leagues eons quantum quantum leaps ahead of the curve in society yeah, there's, <laughs> there's gonna be a guy who just logs off Warcraft in like a month and a half and is just going to be surprised that no one else is outside and be like whoa uh yeah i've been on this for a while guys self-isolation for the win <laughs> oh you guys self-isolate <laughs> you think you think you call that self-isolation talk oh. to me after you have 40 jugs of piss in your bedroom <laughs> oh y'all do social isolation okay <laughs> so the new vogue um Social distancing, which is stay the fuck away from me, stay inside your house. That's the new thing sweeping across social media is uh, it's a coordinated effort by everyone who, you know, has family members and is like worried about possibly contributing to the spread of the virus. It's the new thing. Stay 10 feet away from me. I'm going to order all my groceries off Instacart. And uh, for some reason, everyone will have taken all the fucking ramen from the grocery store. So when I order my groceries, there's no there's no ramen in it. And then, you know, so you're social distanced. You uh, you yell at the delivery driver to leave the package on the front step or you will use your Second Amendment rights. Uh, and then once you get all that shit. Not only have you social distanced 10 feet away, but you have to wash all of your groceries and then put it on your goddamn drying rack like some sort of insane person. <laughs> Gage, there's a there's a fine line between being insane and being responsible during these tough times, everybody. These times are different. This is the time in our life where I don't think I've anybody in in a few generations has ever experienced 
very many things, if not any at all, that uh, everybody in the whole world can relate to. It's pretty tough, too, because, like, it's insanity. Like, it looks insane because it's so microscopic and enemy. And then what's even worse is all the people who think it, look, it looks insane. If our efforts to self-isolate work out, they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, see, it wasn't that big of a deal at all. You know, have you ever seen War of the Worlds starring Tom Cruise? I mean, I've seen Tom Cruise, so I feel like I've seen it. <laughs> it's that it's the movie based on the book where these aliens who burrowed underground for a long time were planning on attack on human civilization. And um, when they finally started doing their thing, it was just devastating. You know, they were unstoppable. And as suddenly as they arrived, the next thing you know, all of the their giant like squid-like machines, like huge towering things, started to just crumple, collapse, and die. And then the twist is, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, if you don't want me to spoil... Uh, War of the World starring Tom Cruise from like 2005, you should skip ahead because what happened was what defeated the monsters was not Tom Cruise, not five foot six Tom Cruise. It was 5.6 microns of bacterias. The, the aliens died because of bacteria. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear anything you just said because um, as I said before, I haven't seen it and you said spoiler alert, so I just popped out real quick. Oh, my bad. My bad. Okay. Well, you know, you can always <laughs> run back and listen to it. I'm sure our buddy Craig can run it back for us. Yo, Craig, pull that up. Pull up War of the Worlds, Craig. Okay, you're telling me 5.6 micron thick layers of bacteria, the saviors of the planet? Well, you know, it seems to me that these minuscule coronavirus, COVID-19, SARS-causing pieces of RNA may be the planet's saviors because what we're seeing is the first ever uh community agreement on socialism everyone wants a thousand fucking dollars from donald trump everyone's asking for it i mean am i gonna have to vote for covid19 in the 2020 election i feel like i might i mean they 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 stopped utility payments they're talking about universal basic income they shut down the schools, which uh, is a positive, and they're still giving kids meals oh, from the schools Lord. they shut down. So, uh, you know, COVID-19, so I'm good with the bad, maybe? Say it ain't so. I mean, I'm working from home. I'm 10 times more efficient. Like, I wake up in the morning, and it's like 8.30. I get up. And here's my first tip for those of you who are working home. I get up, and I dress up like I have somewhere to go. You know, I take a shit, I take a shower, I shave, I brush my teeth. And, you know, by 11.45, you know, I start working. <laughs> and it's basically it's like shit, I'm dude. already at the office. <laughs> it's a, you wake up at 8.30, you know, you hit the can for about, you know, till 10.15. <laughs> then you got to eat breakfast and then you got to get back on the can because you know what happens in the morning after breakfast. All that coffee. All that coffee. It, it just pushes right out. Um, no, it's great. I get breakfast and, uh, you know, you really treat it like you're going to have a productive day and you will. It's it's pretty dope. Uh, I, I've been really productive Shit. except for all the fucking conference calls. 
you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this out here on the record. I think people just want to do the conference calls not because it is any more productive than emails, but just because we're all we all just want to talk, you know. We all just want to call each other and make sure just get that feeling of so society back. How long has it been since we've been indoors? A week? About um I would say twelve days, fourteen maybe. Yeah. I haven't left my house since like two weeks ago at this point wow really yeah i'm I'm one day away from two weeks and the first the first four days were completely by choice (laughs) 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 had nothing to do with coronavirus at all i just (laughs) i just worked from home by choice i didn't know that i was going to be forced to work from home uh the following monday yeah it's just a trip. I feel I feel a little bit prepared. Not happy about it, but I have been I had been working from home for over a month because my I you know, I have three separate very serious injuries on my shoulders still. And as soon as I got back, as soon as I felt mobile enough and that I wouldn't wait, make anything worse, they kicked me out. I already said that, but it's just amazing to me. Like I don't know. If if there truly is a lord, then they're trolling me hard right now. They're probably having a blast. So as someone who's been working home for a while, do you have any like pro art tips for working remotely? Shoot, man, that's hard. So for someone some someone like me, it takes a lot of uh effort to stay focused and stay on task. So to me it's all about prioritization, you know, what are the major goals of the day? You have some conference calls, you know, you get those out of the way. You got to make sure you're communicating with your team because um i mean that's just good management it's best practices as they say and if you work in a team within an organization you will have those conference calls it's it's very early in our work from home lifestyles so that's one thing that's really important to manage now before before everybody was working from home um it wasn't it wasn't as tricky because it's one thing for me as a person to get coordinated with everybody else still living, a, you know, a normal nine to five, go to the office job. But now everybody has to adjust to the work from home lifestyle. So whatever tips that I have, uh, you know, they're all generally about just being focused and staying on task and making sure you're in a room in a home office where you could be comfortable uh, and you got to make sure that you have a clear understanding and divide, defined list of goals for the day. It's easy to 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 get distracted when you're working from home. So just control your environment and make sure you're sitting comfortably. Um, don't sit in bed, really. Like get up and do something before you start working. Get up and make your bed like it's a normal work day. It is a normal work day. It's nothing different. Your your office is just you're isolated now. So. You don't. You can't have water cooler conversations anymore. That's 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 where your um, your conference calls come in. Maybe you can even call a co- coworker if you want. That's one tip I have. I've called a couple of my uh, my um, team members in the work in my job, and just just talked about stuff uh, like after we were done discussing what we had to do. It's 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 necessary. I think. It's 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 health, you know. This is mental health. So just remember that. Just remember that you have control of your your environment. 
that's the biggest difference between working from home and working at the office. You might have control over your desk. You might be, you know, put a little minions tchotchke on your your desk to personalize it, make sure people know exactly who you are at a glance. When you're working from home, unless you're video chatting, um, I mean, you could go to the lengths of curating the background of your video feed, but yeah, you're controlling your environment for your productive needs, not aesthetic. So, so here's here's uh, that was a very insightful tip, Renz. Thank you. Here's my suggestion for how to stay focused. And uh, this is an arts-oriented podcast. So I, I took this straight from all the freelance artists I know whose everyday life is remote work. Two fat rips of cocaine, first thing in the morning, one at lunchtime, two after lunch, and then make sure to top it off with two or three pieces of Adderall because goddamn it's hard to stay focused around the house. Now, in terms of mental health, uh, I often find myself in conference calls. Those of you who have dealt with conference calls, um, I find myself wandering aimlessly while two people talk in front of what is essentially a room of 15 people about something that they probably could have just emailed about. And and I end up walking back and forth in my illustrious nine-bedroom Tudor-style home. And, <sighs> you know, I, I lose focus because I'm just walking, I'm walking, I'm walking back and forth, circling my cage like a hungry tiger. And what's been most effective for me lately is I set up little puzzles around the house, like little little brain teasers and traps to that I, I happen to stumble into while I'm walking aimlessly during this useless conversation. And then, <laughs> you know, I make it a life or death situation. Yesterday, I set up a bear trap in my living room and I stepped right into it. So, you know, while they're blathering on uh, in something that could have been an email, no offense to them. I know, you know, mental health, you know, you got to talk to your coworkers, open lines of communication. I totally get that. But while I was stuck listening to them talk, I had to pull open the ratchet that holds my bear trap shut while undoing, you know, a hundred piece puzzle of a Van Gogh Starry Night painting puzzle that I got for Christmas when I was eight. And I found that that's really effective to help keep me focused during conference calls. That's some really excellent mental gymnastics that you're doing, doing multiple things at once. Yeah. And, you know, and then once you escape all your puzzles and you're hour two into the conference call and people are talking about their barbecues, um, I found it's really effective to get in a couple squats, maybe do some push-ups if you're lucky like me to have AirPods. You know, throw some push-ups in there, get your exercise in during the day. You got AirPods, bro? I got AirPods, bro. Damn, you, bro, you're rich. rich I know. Damn, I'm bro, you're rich. rich. I don't know if y'all can see, like, Gage and I are video chatting so we can be completely in sync. Gage is basically doing the whoa right now. Whoa. <laughs> oh, shit, my... Dude. Oh, man, I think my internet just spiked up. Oh, it just it just tripled? Yeah, that's another yeah. thing. Um, get good fucking internet if you're working remotely. Cause my shit, we have like four people working remotely at the house, and we we literally have to pick who gets how much internet when. It, it's like I feel like I'm in I'm in the USSR asking for bread rations right now. I'm concerned though, dude. I'm concerned. I'm concerned about. Okay, so this is definitely 100 percent a uh, paranoia. It is a conspiracy that 
I and probably some people share. Probably a lot of people share. I think that uh, I feel like the the government might take over. This is the complete. I feel like what if this is a fabricated theatrical reset button? I was thinking about it last night. Okay, no, mind you, I was a little. I was. I, I had a bit of whiskey, so I was downstairs. I was like, dude, what if China is pressing a world reset button? You know, this is all in secret. Only they know by releasing this virus that is <laughs> fast spreading and deadly. And they're basically saying like, yo, y'all playing too much with the economic stuff. Y'all are relying on us too much with this China virus. We're going to release this China virus. Like, this is all low key. You know what they're saying? They're saying something completely different in a propaganda style way. But to me, what I'm hearing in an equally ridiculous way is that <laughs> they want us all to honor our you know the the true economic resources that we have by putting us to the test it's cuckoo bananas but if what if it is like that like so i say that because our country basically decided by printing a ton more money and possibly affecting inflation they're going <laughs> to give us all like money we don't have like, where is that money anyways? Why are we in so much debt as a country? Who owns that money? Who do we owe? Why are we printing more? Why are we putting us ourselves deeper in a hole? That's what I was trying to say about, like, the the way that we need to be upfront about our true economic situation, you know? Yeah, I think that, I think like, it's really clear. Um, it's really clear that above all else, the U.S. dollar and and really like the the value of money itself is contingent upon labor. Like it's it's not really it's not really a measurement of resources. It's a measurement of labor, which is why when we lost our access to labor in China, because we have a lot of resources in the U.S., when we lost our access to labor in China is when our Dow dropped. You know what they say: the only true resource is time yeah people's time and it's it's really effective and like the only other thing that i can imagine that our dollar is attached to like the u.s dollar is attached to that's not just labor would have to be military might because we are just we can just print fucking money um and then who's going to hold us accountable to that debt nobody be like who wants to start a war with you know one of the biggest countries on the planet with arguably the strongest military i mean no one that's true, man. Like, look, I think if if the if these if these pie charts that I've seen on the internet are are real, um, it looks like the United States is fifth, like half of the world's arsenal. Like, uh, how do I word this? Oh, uh, we we are hoarding military might yes like all of the countries combined have as much weapons as we do <laughs> here let me yeah. show you a piece of art you know we're we're, we're getting we're, we're futuristic don't call us don't do not ever do not ever dare to call us boomers do not we ever not boomers. question our technological <laughs> skill because because we will get insecure we're we're good at this you know, it didn't. It only took us a few hours to figure it out. Recently, I mean, 
how to record remotely. Yeah, it only took a few <laughs> hours. Like, we're we're young, intelligent tech art professionals. Uh, you know, it took like eight clicks to get this thing running, and to to a lot of people, that would seem like magic. Mm-hmm. You know, sufficiently advanced technology looking like magic. All these these damn these damn uh generation generation z all right here we go i got it i figured out how to do a screenshot (laughs) that's how long it took me i was just buying time all right so this is a uh this is a pie chart right this is this is some something one of my favorite artists ever um i wish he was as famous as dean Koontz. his name is tim rietenbach uh a friend of ours is dad and this is his art you know this is what it is this is what you see now, what do you see there, Gage? Can you describe this image that I'm sharing to everybody to the audience? So it's a circle panel, presumably painted. Half of the panel is is a is just a tan, a tannish white paint, and the other half of the panel, uh, divided up like a pie chart, are what seem to be a huge number of pie-shaped slivers, n- none of which exceeding one thirty-second of the circle okay okay great that's that's an excellent crit could you crit this painting without knowing what the title is or what it's about i mean you know it uses it uses pretty colors, it uses pretty colors. i like pretty. circles yeah it's pretty it looks how good. did he make that round that round uh uh paint painting uh thing how did he make the round canvas well you probably you can probably mm-hmm. just take like make make any sort of base piece of wood or whatever out of the circle like route it out with a router um, okay now now <laughs> i'm sending now i'm sending the title and description i've sent it to gauge so we can both be in coordination let me send a bigger gauge i'm just feeling so fucking good i feel so powerful being able to do all this technology look at this okay so the title is us or us us in capital letters or us was made in 2016. This is this would be the title card you would see when you when you go and see this gallery show. It's 80 inches by 80 inches. It's an 80 inch by 80 inch circle, and the description says an a homage to color field painting through the statistics of the world military spending in 2005. The United States is represented here by raw canvas. We are and have been arming the world. Damn, that's like half. It's like half of military spending. Isn't that awesome? I love this. I love this. I love that piece because not only is it pretty, like you said, but it means something when you really look into it because people can both appreciate something that on the surface looks pretty, but much like everything else in the world, when you look deeper into the facts, it might not be as pretty as it seems. So as many of you won't know, because this is an audio platform. I just pushed up my glasses in disbelief at the <laughs> veracity of this, of this painting. It's, it's actually insane um, that our main export is, is military might. Like, you could argue that it's entertainment. We, we really don't, pr- like, we produce a lot of food, um, but, you know, even on top of entertainment, our main export is, is the military. I think we also export the most porn on the planet. Which really? I, I would imagine, yeah, but I, I would imagine that this rivals, or even su- supersedes, uh, hmm. that level of consumption. Huh. 
Okay. Yeah. Well. Well. I. It, it's. It's not. It's not a stupid industry to invest in if you're American. You know, you want to protect yourself from other gigantic continents. Um, I don't think I. I hate to say it, but I don't think it's a bad idea. No, because... I mean, I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe in arming yourself. In it, it, you you yet to defend yourself. This doesn't. This is this is a little bit different than defending yourself. But the thing of it is, you can't really, you know, realistically. Let's be honest here. You you can't tell somebody, let alone a whole country, what to invest in. Like perfect example is North Korea. They're like fuck you. We want to have weapons. They have a lot of weapons. They they are investing in weaponry in a similar ratio as America. They're much smaller. They don't have as much, but they do have a fuck ton. They have nuclear weapons. They're they're safe from anyone fucking with them because that's, you know, instead of feeding people, they're feeding their pistols. You know what I'm saying? They're feeding their war machine. Um so it makes sense in that that way. This is more than defensive. This is defensive and threatening as well. Um, well just I'll by put seeing... it this way, Renz. What's up? A, a wise man once said that in an apocalyptic situation, the best thing to trade is bullets. Because with good aim, you can trade one for anything that you want. Ooh. Damn, where'd you where'd you uh, get that quote from The Walking Dead? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was The Walking Dead. Who was it? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. I it just right. it stuck with me. I mean, like, it's a reminder as to why, uh, even though guns are abhorrent, um, in a society it's... that pretty much traffics in guns, you might want to have. I I have um I feel like a big phony gauge. After Why? saying all that, because I'm playing this video game called Borderlands 3, as you may know, and that video <laughs> game is all about uh, the literally a billion guns that you, you can and, get. And you literally trade in guns. Yeah. 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 Well, so I don't, I don't think it makes you a phony. I think that we're trying to put into context um, how the value of our dollar may be dependent on our, our armament. Well, thank you for the validation. Um, all right, man. So tip I, number three for staying home: get armed. <laughs> get armed. I I don't know. I'm I. So here's a funny thing though, Gage, is that you know a little before all of this stuff started to to really get crazy. Do you remember when I came over and I had that little tiny knife necklace and like the tiny little um lighter? You mean your very effective miniature to utilitarian tools? Yes, the mini miniature utilitarian tools. Around that time, let's say about a month and a half ago, I was watching a lot of YouTube about preppers. I've been, you know, I, I, I periodically dive into the world of prepping because I think it's really cool. I love gear. I love being prepared, um, even though I have ADHD and it's probably just because I'm distracted. But I was really into it and I thought it was crazy. I'm going to be honest. I was watching it out of fascination. And now I'm feeling like a fool because I went, you know, I, I kind of pussyfooted around it. Like, no, no pun intended. Like, I'm not I'm just saying that. Um, 
I bought a tiny knife, I bought a tiny thing, and I could have really went in and decided to get a Sam's Club membership and a bunch of uh, non-perishable goods to just be prepared in general because it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea to have extra dry goods in your closet, but I didn't. Instead, I bought a tiny knife and a tiny lighter. Well, what ends up happening when uh, people are dumb like you and I and think about <laughs> prepping but don't prep is uh, when when an issue or a pandemic occurs, like what's happening now, everyone who didn't prep, who's paranoid enough to want to prep, goes out and buys all the fucking toilet paper, putting such a strain on our supply of toilet paper that people can't get it, even though, you know, we could easily manufacture enough if people prepped ahead of time for things like this. Well, uh, as an it's really pod- similar to the Sorry. it's really similar to the uh to the reason why people want people to stay the fuck inside is because we have the medical facilities to save as many lives as possible, but not if all of those uh viral infections occur at the same time and clog our hospitals um yes exactly so um man i don't know when it comes to prepping it's it's an art you know we're an art podcast it really is like i did really appreciate the way people thought about it and a lot of the ideas are valid like it is important to have extra stuff just in case like why would you have a savings account with money when if shit is really going down you won't be able to use your money why won't you have a savings stock of things as well like which one like you know they're not one is not better than the other yeah i mean it it just it just depends like i think the reason why uh people have been so bad at prepping is because they've been inundated into this idea that like resources are not as liquid as as cash like i couldn't go to my liquor store next door and pick up a bottle of kentucky bourbon with like 18 cans of peas even though in in my mind as a as an art professional um that seems like a fair fucking trade to me well you know i'm gonna go back to what i said prepping prepping is and has always been and will always be an art form you know you gotta you gotta there's an art to figuring out how your bunker, how dope your bunker is going to be, bro. Yeah, like, how much cocaine do you have? Like, bro, like, like, what kind of LED lights are you going to use to line the hallway for when, you know, you enter that bunker? Well, you know, who's going to build your secret bookshelf doorway? That's, that's... How much wood do you have? Where are your tools at? Do you even... Can you even saw straight, bro? bro can you even you dovetail? these basic skills? You oh, even know what a dovetail on... is? <laughs> you're dependent on GoPuff for groceries, motherfucker. How many seeds do you have? Bro, I will tell you. On. What are you puffing? First... <laughs> what are you puffing? Uh, when I first got into, into being paranoid prepper status, I bought like, I have like a thousand seeds at my house just in case I need to go full, full, uh, full anarcho tribalist and start my own urban farm just to eat. You got seeds, bro? All right, man. I got mad seeds. Yo, we can... You know what? This is why we make really good co-hosts. Because you got the seeds, I got the tools, and the wood... Uh, wood... Specialized wood tools. Well, so, so do we, you. Yeah, so what you're saying we to me do. is that... uh, 
we don't even need a government. <laughs> we just need a plot of land, right? Bro, we never did. That's the thing. See, that's the art form. That's the philosophy behind prepping. The philosophy is that you got to protect yourself for the time. You know, you, you as, a, as a prepper, you never rely on anyone else but what you can do because you're prepping for that time when you need to be independent. So are the true greatest preppers people who are wealthy enough to buy plots of land and start farms that are completely self-sustaining? I think the best preppers are creative people because you I can got collect a million canvases. Oh, <laughs> yeah, bro. You can collect as much as you want, but to have the capacity to apply your resources to what you need. Remember our guests, our guest Jay. How did he describe creativity? He said it's solving a problem within, uh, I'm paraphrasing, within constraints. The constraint in this case is how much resources you have. The problem is how are you going to get to a point where you can self-sustain? So as a prepper, that's the goal. You yeah, know, I you, mean, you, we've we've talked about it before in the podcast that like the best thing we learned from from art school uh, was the ability to to teach ourselves and to solve a problem within constraints. Yeah, and we talked about this during our uh, our. Ex very exclusive 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 after dark patreon episode is that uh creativity is a human right creativity and art you know people talk about stem sometimes they say steam because they want to add a the acronym a for art in there that's because creativity is a human right people need to learn to be creative you need to teach creativity because that creativity itself will make every other thing that is studied, every other lesson be easier for that, that, that child that's learning. You know, if you're, it's a lot easier to problem solve if you're creative. I think that there's an argument to be made that, uh, like people, people have a right to language, right? To learn language. And, and I think that it's pretty inarguable that if you have the capacity, every member of your community should know how to read. Um, I think that this it should be so fuck galleries and museums for this. It, it should be considered that creativity and the ability to produce art and the ability to be creative is also considered like a language. You know, I disagree. Communicate. I disagree. I don't know how to read. I rebelled as a as a youth. I I thought ahead. I said I'm not going to need to know how to read because I got to prep. I got to prep from reading for, for when reading becomes obsolete and we have to create our own language. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was three years old when I decided this. I was like, fuck your books. I'm not going to copy these letters 26 times on a page. I think real anarchists only learn Morse code. Beep, 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 beep. It's weird, right? I know how to speak, but I can't, I can't read. I can write, but I can't read. I can make all these Instagram posts. It's amazing what the human mind can actually be capable of. That's why prepping yeah, is important. Cool. So do you think that, do you think that um, the direction that we should go in would be a world where everyone is self-sufficient or a world where we have like an any state sort of AI system where all of our needs are taken care of? I think it's a world where people should be comfortable about not knowing how to, because I can't and I feel like I'm alone. I'm just kidding. I didn't mean to put you on blast like that, man. 
I don't know. That's a hard question. Like on the real, on the real. I'm 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 gonna get serious mode again. Um, I I switch between the two a lot. Like like nanny state AI feed me my attendees <laughs> sort of thing versus like everyone should know how to farm. Everyone should know how to build. Everyone should know how to read. And no, I'm, uh, I'm of that. I think automation is a luxury. Period. I think so too. I think people should know skills. Definitely, definitely. But then on the other hand, you, you have to keep in mind that being able to learn a skill uh, as of now and then to exercise the ability to build or to, to write or to farm is like a privilege for people who, who don't have handicaps, how, whatever they may be. Yes, but there's also, um, you know, this is, this is where, where it gets tricky is the understanding of how to educate people with different abilities well i don't think you can educate a guy with who's paraplegic or, on how to stand and build something well i guess i worded that wrong but but i think i think my point is just that you know everyone learns it a different in a different way and everybody can contribute in in their own way so i think in that case the educating educative content or whatever is being shared uh, needs to be specialized in a, in a way to people's skill sets and there that there should also be a generalized education that is accessible to most peoples. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to disagree with you there, man. I think that education should be specialized and we should basically put enough aside, aside enough resources that um, we can afford to give everyone a special education that's specifically for them. Okay, I, I, I think see. that trying to generalize uh, and have the most accessible education for everybody is a really uh, easy way to to waste resources. So you don't think having both, you don't think that there's a benefit to having a type of education where everybody can get as objective as possible on certain certain things. Like I'm not, you know, one of those things that is I don't. I think would be difficult to translate in that format would be history. History isn't really objective. So I'm talking about hard skills like, I don't know, like certain hard skills that most people can at least learn about and know, not not necessarily be able to physically do. So there there must be some way. There must be some educational geniuses out there that can share really basic information, like just basic stuff, like the alphabet or something, or learning how to tell time. I mean, I think that like I think that kindergarten is a really effective example of of where that works. But as people do, like, I I believe in genetic differences between people. I don't. I'm not about to go into like I don't believe in genetic differences in terms of the ability to learn between like races or something because that's just uh, you know that's not my core belief. But I do believe that there are people who um, are more receptive of learning new information quicker and like, like there's an early starting point where you can get everyone on the same path but ultimately like you really can't uh i think well, that the reason why we have so many people who have trouble paying attention in school is because it's designed for the lowest common denominator so i think that factually people obviously have genetic differences it's obvious but that that fact does not have to produce segregating things segregating you know things that 
make people feel othered. I think it should well, be honored. Well, the the so like that's the whole problem with not giving enough resources to educate, right? Like you could have a classroom of thirty people, and have thirty educators if you're willing to put the resources in there. Where like people yeah. are all together and they can talk, but you they also have individual instructors who can who can lead and uh, tailor an educational experience to to the student. I'm seeing your point. I think I I agree with you that there is ton of to, a ton of value in specialized education resources. I also think that it should still pr the choice to seek out these specialized educational resources should be on an independent basis. That's why I also think that there is some value in a type of generalized education as long as it is also a choice. I think that I got that from community college. I learned that I was, you know, I had a choice uh, to know what I wanted to do or to do the general stuff and then figure it out later. So I went with the general and then I figured it out and then I transferred to my fine art college, the illustrious beep. <laughs> gotcha. Do you think that, um, do you think that it would be effective to like to abstract like the whole college courses thing into like all of our education? Well, where like students can pick their classes and kind of find their peers naturally like that. I don't know. Um from a from a systematic standpoint. All right. So so we're talking rhetorically. You know, now that I think about it, this would be a great topic and I would like to publicly announce to everybody that we are, I don't like to make empty promises because we've made a lot of them. <laughs> but I, I, we've been in talks with our, one of our favorite Instagram accounts called Fountain Institute, who are really into remote education, accessible education. Let's call it that. It's much better, much more appropriate. And maybe we can ask them. I'm not an expert, but they are. They, yeah, their titles, their titles have director in them. Oh shit! Yeah, true. We should definitely talk to them about that. That's a great point. I wanted to talk to them about if Germany was weird or not, but I think that um, <laughs> in general, or, <laughs> yeah, or I think that I think that education is probably. <laughs> um, hey guys, is Germany weird? I'm not talking about the vibes or anything. It's, just, it's a little difficult to ask. No, I definitely want to get into it with them because, like, I you know, like part of me thinks about whether. Or not like having a general ed public education system is functional or if having like like all private schools with like a government provided basically underwriting or like or like <laughs> uh ba basically the government would give people credits to a, a go to whatever private school they wanted to go to but teacher or parents and te teachers could choose where they work and parents could choose which schools they want to send their kid to. And you could only use that government provided like basically education tickets. Because um, I think that our school system is like pretty weak. And it's it's because that there's there's no there's literally no choice in choosing how like there's no choice on the students part or on the parents part on how their kids are educated. That's because that's because our system operates on a trickle-down theory still which everybody you know there we, we can talk all day about that it's not the best because we're reliant on 
the economic weather, if you will, for this these funds to trickle down. So it's really difficult to secure funding in those types of things. And just as difficult is the ability to um, make a significant difference in these systematic inequalities. I mean, what you end up seeing is like a lot of uh, nonprofits or like private companies and organizations really picking up the slack where the public education systems failed. Uh, I know that like with schools that I've worked with, a lot of the kids learned more from like after school programming or from people coming in who, you know, kind of understood the community better than the state government and provided guidance, you know, and like, a, a you know, from private funds, uh, I'm not going to lie, like, uh, I was part of a education nonprofit that that was able to do the things that it did because it wasn't attached to public school and because we got private funding. Yeah, yeah that's, should, what's up? Yeah, I was going to say we should talk about this with the Fountain Institute. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, look, it's it, it's looking like it looks like um, Craig started uh, recording at five fifty seven. This is us being high tech. Um, it's six fifty right now, according to Michael. This is see, this is awesome. <laughs> everyone's getting an in depth look. Like this is this is how we this is how we preserve connection. I was talking about Death Stranding in our um, private stream, um, but in our Patreon stream. But uh, yeah, it's 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 real. I I mean, I, this is fun. This is crazy. I, I can't believe that we are able to do this. I'm at home. You're at home. Still potting. We're still going. You can't stop the. Can't stop the Art Pros podcast. You know, like you can't do, stop the Art Pros podcast. What do we do when the internet goes down? I don't have any cassette tapes to record and distribute to our fans. Yeah, and I don't have any pigeons to attach those cassette tapes to. I got pigeons, bro. Oh, you got me. Got Matt. I, we, I, you got pigeons, bro. I got, I got five. I got 507 pigeons. Shouts out to everybody that has followed us on Instagram. We have broken 500 followers. We love everybody. We love all our fans listening to us. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Uh, Renz, you want to shout out where people can find us if they want to donate or follow or whatever? Nah, no one's got money to donate, right? Just save your money. True. Save your money. Don't donate to patreon.com slash artprospodcast. Um, <laughs> you know, do give us. It's totally free. Give us a shout out. Tell your friends about us. Um, our previous episodes were live and super lit. Uh, I think we're getting better. We're we're trying harder for you guys, even even with this uh, this this deafening income inequality. And you can follow us on Instagram at paid.artists. So if you think, it, let me, all right, I got a question for the audience. If you all think that we have gotten better over the years, we've been listening religiously for the past. 46 episodes why don't you donate to our patreon yeah yeah <laughs> i was just kidding earlier yeah, yeah. i think you yeah could. you could throw us a dollar or two you know it's just a little bit we're doing some all right on on the real though um i hope that everybody had was able to enjoy this i know it's a difficult time for everybody and i think it's important to sign off in a um tone that isn't typical to our satirical style you know we're still regular people we're just having fun and make, being silly and making sure everybody has a good time with art instead of feeling afraid about the gatekeeping and all of the scary armored rich people that are keeping oh, yeah, us from true. the fine art world. So this is Which what we do. Are. 
This is what we do. We, we, we want everybody to feel comfortable talking about art, regardless of if you're my mother-in-law or if you're Brad Trammell. You know, Brad Trammell's having a good time. He's he, Brad <laughs> Trammell has a good time. Shouts out, Brad. Thank you for sharing us to your story. That is a huge privilege. Um, thanks to Gage, because Gage subscribes to Brad. I don't, because I'm an asshole. But um, I'm, I'm basically uh, pirating Brad Trammell's videos through Gage. Uh, so, but uh, the art pros are one, are, are one. Gage and I are a force to be reckoned with in the podcast world. And we would love to collaborate with anybody else. Um, you know, I think, I think it's a healthy environment to be in right now. Yeah. Buy in now while we're still nobodies. Cause if you, uh, <laughs> if you neglected us while we're here, by the time we reach episode 300 and we are huge, uh, you can fuck yourself. Look, um, if you if you didn't fuck with us when we are we were in our FUBU, you don't deserve us when we're in our Supreme. Yeah, and that's I'm gonna, leave it, poop. I'm gonna leave it at that. If you made it this far, I have a question for I have another question for everybody. um no one I, makes it this far. This is well also for Gage live. And I'm definitely putting Gage on the spot. I'm sorry, Gage, but I have to ask you about this again. How do you feel about doing um, actual um, uh, live stream lessons for drawing or whatever or anything, just for fun, for entertainment? We'd have to set aside some time. We can dedicate like a few hours to it, but I'm definitely open to it. Because Uh, I teach drawing. I see you. I see you, and I know you've been painting. I have not. I feel like I'm. I'm like I feel some type of way about myself. (laughs) <laughs> because I haven't made anything in terms of painting in a long time. I, I've, I've done some digital graphic art. I, I draw, I doodle. But doodling is like the sketchbook version before the final form. You know, it's like it's like when you have a Pichu. Why would you want a Pichu when you could have a dope uh, Raichu? You know what I'm saying? I think I pick up what you're putting down. And, you know, I'm just seeing Gage. He's painting, he's doing work. And in and, and, and this time of social isolation as artists, I, I, I believe it's important to make to make work, even if it's just like, I don't know, a uh, 15-second blind contour of a dildo. Well, we better figure out how to draw furries because I think that's all anyone wants to learn these days. Dude, all right. So I was, on, I was browsing around Netflix, and I saw this show called Beastars. And I started watching yeah. it. Oh, I was like, dude, yeah. I, that's a furry what? show for sure. I know. I, well, I was watching it. I was liking it. And then after like the third episode, I was like, oh, my God. This is a... <laughs> These are furries. It's like a love story between like a big-ass wolf and a tiny childlike rabbit. No. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I finished the whole thing, and I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Renz is a furry. I maybe maybe not, but it is a it was a good story. It was a good story. Like how I thought about it was like if furries never existed, it would still be a good story. And oh, okay. since, yeah, since they since since like what if what like let's say that the, this could have been what inspired furries. You know what I mean? I think so. I think I we know. hit an hour mark, man, and. uh before before you expose yourself too much, let's, let's, <laughs> let's sign off for, for, the for culture, all the wonderful man. art pros. I know it's for the culture. I know. I know. Keep telling yourself that. <laughs> <laughs>
think this is a good episode. We love you guys. Uh, we're trying and stick with us. We're going to really make this thing happen. Like, save your money. Save your money. Do not donate to us under any circumstances no. unless yeah. you want to. I mean, if you've listened to 46 episodes, then maybe you should consider giving us a book. But give the other $9 you are going to give us. Uh, give that to someone who's trying to do something a little more important. And, until yeah, until we're yourself. In, yeah, keep it to yourself. Uh, it's it's tough out here. I want to shout out all the people who work in the arts who don't have guaranteed income in this time of turbulence like like I do. Um, I know it can be tough for like our fellow art handlers or or illustrators or you know designers who really rely on like an hourly paycheck or being able to go into a space and and i appreciate you well said very well said so i hope everyone's staying safe i hope everybody is keeping in contact with their loved ones and on top of all of that a little less importantly i hope everyone's staying you know healthy and physically and spiritually uh, balanced and i hope that everybody is able to at least express themselves creatively stay sane everybody we love you guys peace, peace.